I want you all to uh, recall back with me the time you were in confirmation class or, or you're in your new member class. Because there was something we talked about about God. We learned something about God that we call the Trinity. It's what we confess here each week in our Apostles' Creed, and, and this weekend is Trinity Sunday. But I don't know if it was the same for you as it was for me, but the worst part of confirmation class was, was when we talked about the Trinity. Because it was the most confusing thing that we could talk about. Because how can one be three? How can three persons, three people, be one God, be of one substance? It was impossible to make sense of. And, and I remember being in confirmation class, sitting there listening to my pastor, trying his best to explain it in the simplest and easiest way to a bunch of middle schoolers. And I remember being in middle school and my eyes would kind of just kind of fall back and I would just think about things that had a little more priority for me at the time, whether Bethany Wallace liked me or not. But it was a time that I didn't really get it. It wasn't making sense. But when I tried, when I tried to listen, I remember my pastor kind of doing this throw-his-arms-in-the-air fashion, saying, you know what? We can't completely understand the Trinity. It's incomprehensible. We talk about it because this is how God shows himself in the Bible. All you need to do is, is know the Apostles' Creed, but most importantly, look towards Jesus, because Jesus is all that you need. And that's, for me, as a middle schooler, I was like, all right, well, then why did we just waste our time on this? It was... It was already difficult enough. If we can't understand it and we can comprehend it, why do we bother with trying to learn it? What's with the Trinity? Why do we need the Spirit and the Father if all we need to look at is the Son and look at Jesus? It didn't make sense to me. I don't think it's worth it. Why bother with it? If all we need is Jesus, why do we need this Trinity stuff? I wish I could just stand up here and tell you that say that the Trinity doesn't matter and that all we need to do is, is look to Jesus. But the truth is that the Trinity does matter. It matters a lot. Because who Jesus is and what he does for us is, is completely tied to his relationship with the Father and the Spirit. Our reading from John chapter 3 this day is completely about the Trinity and what God does as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It matters a lot. And I think it's important for us today to know it. Not because it's, it's some pie-in-the-sky, ivory tower, knowledge-for-the-sake-of-knowledge theology stuff, but because it tells us how our God comes to us and how He makes Himself known. It's important. And especially today and these days, and I would say in two different ways. First, because it's no secret that there's a lot of religions out there. And our world, our culture, seems more and more, no longer acknowledges God's existence. And so the people that do believe in God, they're under this mindset that it doesn't matter what God you believe in, as long as you're a good person, as long as you have meaning to your life and you believe in something, we're all going to be going to the same place. That seems to suggest that humanity can take the place of God and make that call. And the truth is that there is a God and he, He's not you. But I think it's important to know the Trinity, secondly, because 
It's who our God is. In this world, we do have many religions, but here in New York specifically, we encounter a lot of them. And more to the point, we run into Muslims and Jewish people who, who when we talk to them, there's some similarities between the God they speak of. So the question I pose to you this day is, who is your God? Who is the God that you worship here? I know it's bothering you like crazy. You want me to address the fact why I'm back here. There's a reason for it. Because in our church, in our worship, we experience the Trinity every Sunday. We go through it here. We go through the motions. And God reveals himself in all three persons. And here, back here where I'm standing, this is the space of the Father. Because it's here that we lift up our prayers to him. Asking for his good gifts. But it's also the Father who is the creator and maker of all things. He created the whole world. And it comes straight from here and out there. But he's created all the blessings in your life. Everything that you have, all the good gifts that you have received is from the Father. Your health, your work, your money that you make, your family, your friends, your house, your home, your food. It all comes from this gracious Father who gives, who gives you life. But as you notice, it might be a little difficult to see me. I'm kind of far away, right? Maybe you're straining your eyes to see my face, and and you only see a part of me. Well, when sin entered the world, we became broken people. And that brokenness separated us from the Father. And we can't see him too clearly, because he's far away. And we're not sure what he's up to. He's far away from us. And we see that most clearly in the tragedy that hits our lives. Because sure, we can point out the things that he gives us, the grace that he gives. But what about those times if the Father is in control of everything? Where is he when tragedy strikes? When our lives are torn apart? When a family goes through a messy divorce? Or that friend that it passes away suddenly without any warning? Or being betrayed by a family member or a spouse that you've trusted for so long. Where is the father in the midst of that? Because it doesn't seem so clear. I don't know what this father is up to. He seems hidden from me. Is it supposed to be some sort of judgment or punishment? Or is it going to be that, that grace hidden in tragedy stuff? Because to be perfectly honest, I can never seem to understand it or explain it. And every time I try to, it doesn't make sense. There's no reason behind it. But worst of all, I'm not quite sure what this father's attitude is towards me. Does he care for me? Does he love me? Because when these times of tragedy enter my life, it makes me think that he doesn't. This is God the Father that you worship. One who's unpredictable and and sometimes seems not to care. But the problem for us is that we're looking up for answers. We think that if we can get a hold of God and grasp Him and meet Him on His level, we can figure it out when we really need to be looking down. I appreciate when Pastor Browning preaches right here. I think it's kind of cool. I swear by the time he retires, though, there's going to be a pastor-sized trench from him walking back and forth. 
I'm kind of waiting for the day when he just rips one of these out. Um, but I like it because you see all of him. He's clearly seen in front of you. He's not hiding anything. There's nothing behind him. You see all that's going on here. And it's a good spot because it's not as far as the altars. It's actually a step down towards you. It's slightly raised, but that's so everyone can see clearly. Well, this is the space of the Son of God. This is where we see Jesus Christ come in so clearly. Because the Father sends Jesus Christ down into the world to show you his true intentions and attitudes for you. What his purpose is for you. And it's the Son of God that comes down in the world as God in flesh to renew and restore you back to the Father. To right that relationship that was wrong. To heal our brokenness. And that's who Jesus Christ is. is He comes down to be among his own people. To be in the creation. And he declares this message throughout his life as he walked. But the people he told, they didn't seem to like it. They seemed to... They rejected it. Because they realized that this son of God was trying to take away the control that they thought they had over God. Because they had it all figured out in their minds. And so they took this Jesus and they put him to death on a cross. Thinking they'd ridded him. They got rid of this messenger, this son of God. But Jesus proved to be the son of God in his resurrection. When he rose from the dead. And that resurrection is extended out to you so that you are brought as a new creation. Renewed by Christ. And we hear it read each week as we read from the scriptures. We hear about Jesus. And as it's proclaimed, Jesus comes into your life personally. But Jesus walked this earth 2,000 years ago. And he ascended into heaven 2,000 years ago. So how does it become relevant for us? Well, it happened in real time for us. And it started right here. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the name that you were baptized in. The name written on your heart where God claimed you. This space right here is the Holy Spirit. Just as the Father sent the Son in the world, the Father and the Son sends the Holy Spirit out to you so that you can receive this message in faith of Jesus. When we say baptism creates faith is what we're saying is that the Holy Spirit is alive in us, clinging and claim and clinging and to the promise of Jesus and what He's done for you. It's also in the Spirit that we become the one church united as the body of Christ. And just as the Father and the Son sends the Spirit out to you, the Spirit sends you out into the world so that your neighbor can know that God cares for them too. The funny thing is, though, is that it's not just the Holy Spirit here because we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son. And here it's not just that Christ manifests himself before you, but to see Jesus is to see the Father. And we can see Jesus because we are called by the Spirit to see him. And right here it's not just the Father that occupies the space because the Father gives us his good blessings and that's the body and blood of our Savior. And the only reason we're even 
willing and able to approach this altar to receive it is because the Spirit invites us. And it's by the Spirit that we're able to lift up our prayers and know that he will hear them. But as you notice, in the center of all this is Jesus Christ, the one who the Father sends into the world and the one who the Spirit points us toward. The Trinity matters because the Trinity directs us to the one who matters the most to us. The one who is restoring us back to the Father's favor. And the one who the Spirit testifies to. This one God is separate but united. And here in worship, here in our church, we experience him each and every week. Trinity Sunday is not just one Sunday out of the year that we experience the majesty of the triune God. But it's every week throughout the year that we see God the Father sending his Son into our lives to reclaim us and to bring us into a new life, one in which we can go out in the Spirit and be Christ incarnate to others around us, knowing that the Father is caring for us. You see, this Christian stuff, when it comes to this, it's not about us trying to figure out what God wants, trying to reach up and decide. Because our God came down and met us. So we too, when dealing with our family, our friends, our co-workers, and others around us, well, we need to come down and meet them here, face to face. You see these other religions, they're striving, they're, they're trying to figure out what God wants, trying to find that higher purpose, but not for me and you. Because God came and he met us face to face. This is who your God is. This is the one who you worship. Now, if that is a lot to remember, well, let me just give you the gospel in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life.